What's up, NBA fans? We are on the eve of the start of the 2020-2021 NBA season. It has been an interesting last four weeks for us here at the podcast. We usually enjoy the off-season time to do our divisional breakdowns where we really go into depth on each on four out of the 32 teams every week. Uh, and we have some fun with it. We have fun with the bad teams. We have fun with the good teams and really try to recognize the rosters up and down from the draft picks to the notable X factors, to the guys that they lost and guys that they gained. It's uh, one of my favorite things to do for this podcast. But this year was a little bit different. I, uh, I got COVID uh, back in the end of November and the start of December, which really threw off our schedule and um, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a virus that sucks. Um, I was never on the verge of hospitalization, but it definitely knocked me on my butt, uh, and it is no joke. Um, it is it definitely sucks, and uh, I can't imagine being uh, on the older side and with precondition with uh, health conditions going into the virus. It would have really, really, really sucked. Um, so glad that you know. I came out of it alive. Uh, not that I was ever in danger to not, and, uh, but <laughs> we're all very know, glad, glad that that's back. the case. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad that I'm back to 100% and able to record here with you, Sean. Yeah, I'm. I'm very happy to have you back again, man. I mean, gosh, I think it's it's been almost a month since the last time we recorded, and we had all these plans for for the division previews. Uh, for for the fantasy basketball draft we just did, which was which was super fun too, uh, always a good time. But yeah, we didn't get to to have the same uh, conversation and and smack talk that we normally do. And yeah, uh, now we're just gonna go through all thirty teams in one podcast. That's that's the <laughs> plan now. But hey, you know we, we work with what we got, and uh, I'm so stoked. NBA season starts tomorrow. Yeah, we've got the four teams kicking things off: Lakers, Warriors. Uh, Nets and uh, and Clippers, uh, all starting off the year for us. Uh, the quadruple the quadruple session there. Um, but you know we're gonna do this things. We're gonna rush them a bit for this podcast episode. We're gonna go <laughs> through all the teams and preview them. At least preview the notable ones. And uh, the system we got down is the tier system. We'll go tier one, tier two, tier three, uh, tier four, and then of course the bottom feeders in tier five. And Might not spend we'll, much we'll time on them. <laughs> yeah, probably won't spend too much time on them. But, you know, we'll go back and forth whether we agree with our selections uh, and who has potential to move up or who may be a little overrated right now and will probably likely finish a tier below. But we'll jump into all that. But before we do that, uh, today was also the deadline for rookie extensions. And some guys got paid. Some guys couldn't come to an agreement. And there were some surprises here. So... Let's go down. We'll go. Well, actually, before we step into those, sorry, we got to talk about Giannis. <laughs> so we'll go. We'll, we'll go. We'll go. Giannis and Rudy Gobert's big paydays. Then we'll go rookie extensions, and then we'll jump right into the 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 2020 2021 NBA preview. So let's start with Giannis. The worst case scenario for the Milwaukee Bucks is not something to think about anymore. He's here, and he's here to stay. The name is on the paper. Five years, two hundred and twenty-eight million dollars Giannis I mean Sean first reactions to this signing it's actually it's actually done oh man that is a lot of money man that is (laughs) I think the biggest extension that we've seen ever yeah so I mean obviously it makes a lot of sense I mean this uh, two-time MVP the whole cornerstone of your franchise if you lose him 
you suck forever. Uh, <laughs> that's the bottom line. So they needed to do everything they could to get this guy to come back, and he did prove that he is the most loyal guy in the NBA because, you, man, the media was all over this man, pressuring him to make a signing or not make a signing, pressuring the Bucks to look at what assets they should be looking at to trade for him because they're they're trying to set the narrative to make Giannis go somewhere else, and then, man, they get articles galore. That's just that's just money in the bank for all of these these journalists and, and these sites, but he silenced them all right before the season, and and I love to see it. I am so stoked that he signed with the Bucks. It creates that parody in the league that I love to see, and I I, I just makes me respect Giannis more honestly that he's willing to be the guy that runs this franchise. This is his franchise, and he's gonna stick with them. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I was pretty surprised he did it. Uh, I mean, I, I not the fact that he signed with the Bucks, but that he actually did it be, before the start of the year. I really thought this was going to drag out, but Giannis said, hey, you beat writers out there, ESPN national writers that think this is going <laughs> to be an ongoing story. It's not. Find something else to talk about. Put the name to paper. And that storyline is now gone and, and out the window, and the Bucks got their guy. Uh, and I mean, this is this is why you you draft. This is why you do the things you do is to get a guy like Giannis. And once you have him, the Bucks went all in on trying to keep him, and they did what they needed to do. And he's on here now. That Drew Holiday trade is probably looking like the best trade. That has come <laughs> oh, out it in looks the last so good. Yeah, and I mean, it's so important too that he did this signing before the season started because. You don't want to, if you're the Bucks or you're Giannis, you don't want to have the media just talking to you like, are you going to do the extension during the season? Because that's just an extra, I, I guess you could say, something that would distract you, you know, from, from playing the games and trying to win a championship. The, the, you, now you don't have to worry about that at all. Now it's just, all right, you signed. Now let's just focus on winning a championship. Yeah, and we can totally break down further down further ahead in the podcast what this actually means for the bucks as a whole as a whole team but getting this guy on paper is definitely the best thing that could have happened to this franchise possibly in their entire history ever since probably the only other notable event is uh drafting Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and <laughs> going and winning the championship with him like those two might be the only other notable events but this mm-hmm. it could is arguably the second or third best moment for this franchise is getting Giannis to commit for another five years, essentially through through the best of his prime years. Um, yeah. If, if we look at historical basketball, unless he's LeBron, just can get better at 35. <laughs> and hey, I mean, if, if he ends up winning multiple championships in this five-year span, I think you even look at this as the number one thing the Bucks ever did. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's... Oh, I guess if you put it this way, it's the number one thing in modern NBA history for sure. Oh, yeah. For the, mm-hmm. Of this franchise. <laughs> I mean, we're talking Kareem days like back in the uh, mid-1970s. Uh, but another dude who got the big payday is Rudy Gobert. And it's kind of crazy Ooh. once you have it lined up the way we have it lined up here. Like Giannis, five years, 228 million. And then Rudy Gobert, five years, 205 million. Yeah, for a dude who's never cracked, obviously, the top 10 in MVP voting. I mean, we could probably go top 20. Mm-hmm. Or I don't. He's probably never even made the ballot, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was only a two twenty twenty or so million dollar difference here. Rudy Gobert, larger payday than Anthony Davis, but this is just the way things work when you hit the certain bonuses and certain tiers uh, in the CBA. You're eligible for these max these max contracts that ha- just have a higher 
higher number. But Rudy Gobert staying in Utah, Utah really reaching into their their pockets to keep that core of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert together for the next five years here. Your reaction mm. to this, Sean? Oh, man. It, it, I think this one actually surprised me more than Giannis re-signing with the Bucks. Because it's five years, $205 million for, like you said, a guy that's never really been All-NBA outside of anything but Defensive Player of the Year, which mm-hmm. in of itself is a very impressive feat, and he's a valuable asset, obviously. But is this a max player in today's NBA? I we're just looking at the modern big man and how he needs to shoot threes and space the floor and be a playmaker and, and give assists to his teammates. And Rudy Gobert is none of those things. I mean, he, he's a great rebounder, great defender, and he has good post moves. Like he, he is a traditional center that is finding success in this NBA because he's very talented at those things. But in today's NBA, I just, I don't know. I don't know if this is enough for Utah. I mean, I don't think this moves the needle at all for Utah over the next five years. I don't think Gobert improves anymore from what he's been. That's the difference from Giannis, who who really could still improve because he hasn't. You could argue he hasn't hit his prime yet. He's only 25, 26 years old. Gobert, I feel like his game's so one-dimensional. I I don't really see what more you're getting from him. You know, you're just paying him forty million dollars a year to do the same thing he's already been doing. Yeah, and I think the timing of it is. It just kind of sucks sometimes with the timing of these players is you you certainly hope to lock them down pre their peak years. And Rudy Gobert is one of these guys where you've now locked him up either right in the dead middle of it yeah. or towards closer to the tail to the as we start heading in towards the tail end of his peak. It's hard to tell, but it certainly feels like the Utah Jazz are signing Rudy Gobert right in the middle. And we the last two years for him, I think, have been great. And those those could easily be the best years and he replicates it this year. But then, you know, next year he, we probably start seeing him decline and he, that decline might be quick just because of the way the direction the league is moving in. in. And Rudy Gobert, I think I'll hit to defend him a bit. I don't think there's many players like him, uh, yeah. but it's not a, it's not the strongest <laughs> defense to signing him for that much just because the league is moving away from his style of play. And again, I mean, his name has sort of been hinted at a couple times by players talking about a dude finishing all NBA, you know, all defensive and being a being a candidate for defensive player of the year. But then when it comes to playoff time, teams are uh, proactively scheming <laughs> against him. You know, yeah. they're proactively looking to switch onto Gobert. And we certainly saw the Nuggets do that. With Jamal Murray, we certainly saw OKC do that. We certainly saw that we've seen the Blazers do that. Like, it's it's not it's not a, a secret in the league anymore that Gobert, when it comes to playoff time, you can proactively, systematically scheme uh, uh, against him. Yeah, and I think another part of this, it, it just goes to show what a disadvantage some of these smaller market teams have in the grand scheme of the NBA. Because, I mean, one factor that you could think that the jazz are considering here is that hey like what free agents are we gonna get i mean our big free agent signing of this offseason was jordan clarkson extension so if we lose rudy gobert who are we replacing him with nobody more likely than not so are we gonna choose to 
get rid of Rudy Gobert and have all this cap space to just sign other people that won't be as good as him? Or are we going to keep him and remain a playoff team? And they chose to remain a playoff team, which I think honestly probably makes the most sense when you look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, some of the notable upgrades came via the trade. Mike Conley, Bojan, um, Joe Ingles was kind of just like a lucky one that, that yeah. fell onto them. Donovan Mitchell draft pick. Gordon Hayward walked away from them. I mean, Derek mm-hmm. Favors came back, but it almost, it almost <laughs> seems like Derek Favors came back because Woo-hoo. he didn't have a good season at all. Yeah. I mean, if his, if his season goes well with the Pelicans, he probably doesn't come back to Utah. He probably goes mm-hmm. for a payday mm-hmm. with a contender. Um, but he, he's back in Utah for that reason. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, it sort of sucks when you do look at it that way, when you realize, like, Rudy Gobert, is there's no player that they can replace him with. Uh, so they have to overpay to keep him in Utah, and that's sort of just like the way the coin of value uh, flips for for these smaller market teams. Um, is the value so much high because they just cannot recruit anybody to replace these guys? Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, just it is what it is, and 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 the Utah Jazz are going to be the Utah Jazz. Uh, but <laughs> moving on to to the rookie extensions here, man, there there is there there was some heavy bags. Passed around to these, <laughs> these guys. These crazy. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy when you really look at it, especially in a historical context, that some of these guys, which is this extension alone, will all earn, you know, some of the lifetime, some of the NBA career earnings that some of the dudes made in, like, the 90s and, like, <laughs> uh, even the early 2000s. Like, And all of them will out earn Nerlens Noel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Uh, but, I mean, we... Some of them are some of them are like to be expected, but I mean I think the one that I that like the most is Kyle Kuzma, three years, forty million dollars. It's a good one. As a Laker fan, I think I can live with that. That's that it sounds like a big number, but that's just like the way the NBA is. Like the numbers are just big nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> uh and and three years for that amount, I think that's that puts you in range uh to still be a trade piece. Uh like most teams yeah, can swallow definitely. that contract. Um mm-hmm. and, and there's value here. Three years we lock him up part of our core. If he there's a good chance he can outplay that contract or there's a there's a strong chance that he sort of just plays at that value we would have gotten in the open market anyway. So mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with it. I really like it. I'm happy for Kuzma. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great contract for him. I think it's a a solid value, a fair value on both ends. It's not like he did anything spectacular. He's just a solid role player. And the next guy, I think, I'm I'm most happy for this guy, Markel Fultz, getting three years, fifty million, for the for the former number one overall draft pick. I mean, man, this guy fought hard to get back and revitalize his career, and he got that chance with the Magic, and he's carved out a good role for them there. And and I'm I'm happy for the guy. He he never he didn't become a uh, all NBA talent, but I mean, he's he's doing something over there. Yeah, this this contract kind of. I'm happy for this guy, but at the same time, I'm just like, wow, three years, fifty million dollars. Like he, I would say Kuzma feels like he's had more of an impact <laughs> on his team than Markel Fultz has. It's but arguable. I mean, yeah, but I mean, you get the benefit of the doubt being the number one prospect. You're a couple years younger, um, so. I could see it. I mean, this could be one of those contracts that's like the Isaiah Thomas contract where like you and you get like crazy value out of it for two years where this guy finally breaks out and he's like he's, you know, he's stuck on this value contract. So the team ends up winning, winning really out and, and you have a chance to build a good core. So 
The Magic have committed to Markel Fultz, three years, 50 million. Jonathan Isaac, four years, $80 million for a dude who can't even hmm. suit up this year. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he showed some flashes last year, but this is this is the commitment here. Do you consider Orlando a small market team? I don't know. I go back and forth on that. I guess this it is feels Disney like World. It. This is Disney yeah. World, Orlando. I just I don't know how I feel about Orlando Magic being a small market team. I feel like they should be a larger market, but maybe basketball just isn't as popular down there in Florida. I mean, they got Miami. Maybe Miami's just taking over Florida, so Orlando isn't because these are all small market team moves and we just talked about Mm -hmm. it with utah i mean markel faults that's a big contract for that guy jonathan isaac that is crazy especially when you're talking about a guy that can't even play for you this year 20 (laughs) million a year for this guy and you don't even know what he's going to become and then we talk about like vucevic last year right how they signed him to a big contract probably more than he needed terrence ross getting four years 64 million i mean they're, they're just Putting guys on their roster, filling up their entire cap space for the next four years to where they can make zero improvements to their roster, and they will get the eighth seed every year. Like, it yeah. is just, it's just weirdest strategy to me. Like, they're playing for the eighth seed hard. Like, that is their strategy. Yeah, I think it, it, it they're, they're a weird one. Um, and you're totally right. Like, they are committed to this core that has consistently been fighting for the 8th or ninth seed. I mean, well, I think one year they snuck into the 7th seed. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, Big but year. But they're a distant. They're, they continue to be a distant uh, eight, 7 or 8 from the rest of the pack uh, with no chance to catch the 6th seed or ever make the second round. But now they've mm-hmm. committed money to this young core. And, you know, they also have Aaron Gordon locked in for another two years. <laughs> yes, right. So in terms of dollars, this team is spending the dollars – they're just maybe not spending in the right places, but they're they're rolling the dice with these younger dudes. But I mean, I, I, again, and to the point of whether they're uh, uh, a small market or not. I mean, this is a team that's that convinced Tracy McGrady to sign a yeah. team that got uh, you know got P- Penny Hardway, Tad Shack at one point. And I mean, there's like that story that's gone around that Tim Duncan at at some point was considering signing with the Orlando Magic in the early 2000s and leaving the Spurs. So it seems like in the heyday, there was some Orlando magic going around the league, but not not these days. Yeah. No, they have no confidence that they'll get a good free agent. Like, mm-hmm. all these moves are like, yeah, no free agents want to come to us for the next three, four years, so we won't even try. Like, they're not even giving themselves the option, which I think is crazy. Yeah. These next ones, OJ Anobi, four years, 72. I think that's fair. It's it's high, but <laughs> that's high for that. He hasn't really done that much yet. I mean, he's a good yeah. player, but and that's another small market move. I don't know how I feel about that. That's a lot for this man. Yeah, I think it's uh, again, it's like what you what what you got. I mean, I don't I don't see again the Raptors replacing a guy like OG, a guy who who they feel has a high upside, but just hasn't fulfilled it yet. And it's all mm. it's one of yeah. those dudes that. They just keep counting down that today's the year, today's the year. Yeah, that that's true. He's going to break through. I definitely I, feel like he has more potential than like a guy like Jonathan Isaac. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. Derek White, four years, 73 million. That one kind of felt like came that's out of nowhere. That's an interesting one too, yeah. <laughs> and they must uh, see something in him that we don't. <laughs> yeah. And this is one that I know you probably feel strongly <laughs> about. Luke Kennard. I uh, mean, Wow. 
I mean, this guy hasn't even played a single minute for the Clippers a single, yet. He hasn't played a single <laughs> minute. And he's already we give him the, the Marcus Morris deal. And you know Montrez had to troll the crap out of the Clippers. He, he goes on the social media on? posts and just posts a bunch of laughing emoji faces in the comment section. I'm like, yeah, Montrez, I feel the same way, man. I, I don't understand what is happening with these signings. We, we're offering yeah. this guy who hasn't played a single minute for us. We don't offer that to Montrez Harrell. We clearly had the money. We gave it to Luke Kennard <laughs> over Montrez Harrell, man. I'm I'm at I a loss. I I am afraid. I mean, the season starts tomorrow, man. If we lose this Laker game, I'm gonna be in shambles on Wednesday. <laughs> it's like the it's like as Giannis signed, and all of a sudden, you know, the Clippers were just like threw their hands up and are like, we're not gonna be a player in free agency, and yeah. just and just like signed this guy. Which I mean, they fine. already I mean, signed if, the Morris deal. Yeah, if Kawhi resigns with us next year on like a super max deal, then I'll be fine with everything. But like, oh, these, like, why are you giving this guy this deal? He hasn't even shown that he can play with you yet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know Does about he mesh that. with this team? Maybe you, the flexibility would have been nice. I think for a, especially a franchise like the Clippers, you got yeah. Your what two if stars. Paul George hates this guy too? <laughs> it's like. Uh, I don't know. And it's it's gonna be a tough contract to move if Luke Kennard doesn't. I mean, I still think he'll probably be a solid player, but it, it, it just be, kind yeah. of felt like it came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that he was up for an extension. Honestly, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Why? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. And yeah, and here are some notables that didn't get the bag this this today: Lonzo mm-hmm. Ball, John Collins, Laurie Markkinen, Jerry Allen. I got to say, I'm a bit surprised. Alonzo Ball, I kind of saw it coming. Um, I got to think mm. that him and his agent think they can get more than more than pro- what any team is willing to offer him. This, I mean, the Pelicans are even in the – if he was in the free market today, mm-hmm. I don't think he gets what he truly thinks he's worth. Uh, and, I mean, there's several reasons for that. I think Alonzo just has had a hard time putting together a consistent set of games and a body of work. Mm. I mean, yeah. hopefully this is the year for him, but – I'm not surprised. John Collins and Laurie Markkinen. I mean, Laurie Markkinen kind of has been inconsistent, had a rough one last year, but I was a bit surprised with John Collins and Jerry Allen not getting not getting deals here. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, I'm most surprised with John Collins. I mean, this guy has shown nothing except balling out. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously he served that 25-game suspension last year. Maybe that plays into it. Maybe there, there's a character question. I don't feel like it was that much of a big deal. I'm just speculating, but I feel like John Collins definitely deserves that extension unless they're having buyer's remorse about giving Danilo Gallinari $20 million a year for a bench roll. They're like, oh, wait, if we have John Collins, what did we need him for? Oh, maybe we should just have Danilo Gallinari now. We're going to be paying both these guys for the same position. No, you should pay John Collins. Please pay John Collins. Like This guy is a talented dude. You do not want to lose him. Jared Allen... I feel the same too about him too. Like I'm worried that they're gonna just roll with DeAndre Jordan. He is not the better yeah. player at this point in their careers. Like, what are you doing? I I I really hope that I don't see DeAndre Jordan starting on, on for the Nets tomorrow. Like, I really hope Jared Allen's out there with the starters because otherwise th- that's a bad direction. And and Steve Nash got to go real quick. <laughs> yeah, this is this is. I mean, you had an opportunity. I mean, I feel like both of these teams are on the verge of really taking big steps this year and this got it this has to put a sour taste in these guys's 
uh, you know, momentum heading into the year. Like if mm-hmm. they they head into the year feeling secure with the money they wanted, and I think frankly, I, I could if John Collins got you know close to max, I I would understand that. Like, oh yeah, he's a young dude and he's he's put, he's proven he's a double double machine. Mm-hmm. Um, why not give him that money? Yeah. Instead, instead now you got guys who are a little uncertain and look probably look, thinking about re- what they can do. Uh, to maintain their value or grow their value as they head into restriction restricted free agency next summer uh, mm-hmm. when you could have just secured these guys right from the start and totally on the hawk side it feels like buyer's remorse and i think we even mentioned that when we were breaking down the trade when we did the podcast like does this put the hawks ownership in a spot where now they they they're not well they're not going to want to they're going to try to be cheap with their young mm-hmm. players or yeah. or something because they've spent all, so much on these new vets Mm-hmm. who knows but it that totally sucks i think for these guys yeah oh i would love to see john collins move away from the hawks if, if they're not willing to pay him i think i think he can make a difference for a contender yeah and here's my crazy headliner is this sets up for the lakers to get lonzo ball and restrict oh free my gosh <laughs> Bring you're <him> back. so <laughs> married to that idea man you just <laughs> want to see it It'd be very poetic i don't blame you we uh, get it would be fun ball. Get him on a value deal, and he breaks the ceiling and balls out. Hey, we'll in the see. Lakers I mean, jersey. maybe he'll get him on a value deal. Maybe he is going to play really well this year, and he's going to require quite a bit more funds <laughs> than the Lakers have to offer. Yeah, and I mean that's a that's a perfect transition over to our NBA 2020-2021 season preview. Here we go with the five tier system in place. We're going to go through one of through each one of these. Uh, get, we'll get fair amount of time. We hope to to the notable ones and a fair amount of times to the unnotable teams. But we got to start here in terms of tier one. This is a team that we truly see in the NBA finals, not much in the way of them getting there and potentially even winning it. And in my eyes, Sean, there's only one team and that's the LA Lakers. Uh, I think the tables are (laughs) skewed towards them going to the finals and just winning it regardless of who they meet from the Eastern conference. And I think the Easter Conference, there's more questions over who's going to make the NBA Finals than there is on the West. I think the Lakers are there. I'm putting them as the only team in the Tier 1 category. They lost Rondo, Howard, JaVale, Danny Green, but they replaced them with dudes that are better. Marcus Saul, Wesley Matthews, Montres Harrell, Dennis Schroeder. They lose a little bit of the brute, I guess, a little bit of the size and, and strength, but they make up with that with youth and... Um, athleticism and and scoring punch frankly which is what they kind of lacked a little bit last year and they get significantly better in that area and i like montres harrell 19.7 boards yeah you would like him (laughs) (laughs) 10 points in the playoffs he got a bad one but i think under frank vogel and ad and lebron those numbers are only going to tick up dennis schroeder solid 19 points 36 percent from three was not to like um I love the LA and tier one is all Lakers. (laughs) It it pains me to say that I agree with you that like this team is far and above. It seems as far as like odds to win the title as far as far as power level goes. Yeah. It's the Lakers and, and everyone's got to chase them. Yeah. Which is crazy because the Lakers were just part of the pack last year. I mean, the parody in the league was at an all time high. I mean, got six teams in the west you got five teams in the east they're all looking really good and the lakers didn't really differentiate themselves last year because you knew it's like okay it's it's lebron and 80s first real year together and the bench looks a little iffy you know like 
we, we thought that they were going to roll with guys like Quinn Cook on a nightly basis coming off the bench. Luckily, they didn't have yeah. to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, now with these additions, I really it nothing short of an NBA Finals appearance and possibly winning a championship would be the only ex, only expectation that they could live up to that people would be like okay like that was a successful season like if they yeah. don't win a championship this year I feel like it might be a failure with the roster they have constructed and obviously anything can happen during a season but like looking at it just with every all things equal. I think the Lakers are, are clear and above the favorites and, and it's kind of annoying, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a little more competition here, but they, they got the pieces, man. Winning a championship, just really, it's that magnet, man. It just pulls in talent that the people want a little taste of that championship. Yeah. And I think, uh, I don't see, I don't think the gap is quite as big as like the 2016 warriors gap or not 2016, 2017 warriors. With it's not as big, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's not as big, but it's probably the the as close as we've gotten since then. I think in the last few years, mm-hmm. um, where like one team is in front of the pack, and then you got the the big pack behind them. Uh, but I, yeah, that's the way I see it right now. I think the Lakers got confidence and momentum, and they're the teams to match. And in the Eastern Conference, again, no, there's no equal. No really. really match them, no. Yeah. It's like you would think the Bucks, based off of winning 67 regular season games last year, but yeah, the playoffs are just a totally different story. And I mean, maybe Drew Holiday's enough there, but I don't know if that gets them into tier one. Like yeah. it, there's just not enough to, to say that definitively they're above the rest of the East. Exactly. And then you got the Heat, obviously the defending yeah, Eastern Conference defending champs, champs, but, yeah. but they just don't feel, they honestly don't feel like they're even, they feel like they're in the pack yeah. again. Like they don't feel like they're a favorite to come out of the East. Yeah. Maybe. Well, it's just like, was it the bubble? Probably, you know? Yeah. They're just tougher Could've than been. everyone else in the bubble. And that, uh, and I think this year will prove that as well. Yeah. Hit the peak at the right time, but let's go to the tier two here in the West. And it's this is where it gets two. interesting. <laughs> yeah. And because look, when we talk about the pack chasing the Lakers, it's a pretty big pack as always in the Western conference. And, these Six teams, teams. <laughs> yeah, teams have you know stayed the same. Like the Clippers, I think they stay and they deservingly should stay, despite you know losing in the second round. I think they're still a, a strong tier two team. We got two all stars on the roster. The Nuggets lose Jeremy Grant, but I think they're still notable there. And you got teams who just gotten slightly better because they're healthier or they made some s- small upgrades. And I'm looking at the Blazers, Mavericks, and Jazz in for that category. And I mean the Rockets are a, a big question mark, but I, I think back to the Clippers and Nuggets. Um, I think they're they they feel like they're slightly worse, but at the same time, they also feel like they're here to contend still. And I, I could totally see these two teams meeting each other in the second round again here, Sean. Clippers and Nuggets <laughs> finishing second and uh, third in the in the, <laughs> in, in the playoff seating. That would be my nightmare. I don't want to play them again. <laughs> yeah. But I, I definitely think that you're right. Um, they probably do go into the season as the favorites to get the two and three seeds in the West. Um, unless Luca breaks it up, you know. I mean, Luke, Luca's in his Michael Jordan third year right now. I mean, the, yeah. <laughs> anything can happen with this man. I'm not going to discount that. But I think, yeah, the Clippers, they get one more year to gel with Kawhi and Paul George. And Paul George says he's got a new trainer, or it's his old trainer <laughs> that he was with in OKC. I'm just praying that that is enough to get him back to the shape that he was in two years ago. 
Uh, yeah. We'll see. I mean, I drafted him in the third round of our snake draft, so I, I do have a little bit of a personal marbles <laughs> in, in the bet myself. <laughs> but I don't think the Nuggets really drop off at all, even losing Jeremiah Grant and Torrey Craig, because I think Michael Porter Jr.'s improvement, along with Will Barton being back in the lineup, back from injury, I think that's going to fill in those two holes seamlessly, if not even a small improvement. But I think that the big thing there is going to be that competition between Barton and MPJ for that starting three spot, because yeah. both of those guys are starter worthy dudes. Let's be real at this point. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. has definitely proven enough. He's still raw, but I mean, Will Barton is really the incumbent and yeah. is a solid player. I love Will Barton. I always think he's been an underrated player. Um, he said himself, he's he's not coming off the bench. Like he doesn't, he has no interest in coming off the bench. And, and Michael Porter Jr. said the same thing. So that's going to be interesting to watch during the season. Um, but I think that competition, I think, will be healthy for the Nuggets. I mean, both these guys are going to be playing at a high level. And I, I think Murray, Murray's really, I mean, maybe the bubble kind of ignited something in him where he he stays at this new level that he's attained. And I think that that bodes really well for that team. Yeah, and you know. Back, and on that point of Will Barton versus Michael <laughs> Porter Jr., you couldn't. Oh man, it's just totally different. Not totally different players, but they add different dimension, different things mm-hmm. to the yeah. to that starting lineup. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. obviously a dude who's not afraid to score the ball and call out his team <laughs> for not giving him the ball. Whereas Will Barton is just a solid defensive piece who can hang with anybody. He can uh, score know, too. And he can score, yeah. He he scores in in humble ways. Michael Porter Jr., the more flashier dude, who mm-hmm. wants the ball. Uh, and for those reasons, I I like Will Barton better in the starting lineup. And uh, Michael Porter Jr. I think can take steps forward, but I just don't see him being giving the Nuggets what they need defensively that Will Barton can give them. And I hope they can figure that out because I think that that is a big piece there. Those two guys are a big piece in trying to replace. The production that Jeremy Grant gave them in the playoffs and in the season is a dude who locked down the best player on the Clippers and the best player on the, on the Lakers. So mm-hmm. that's a tough assignment for somebody to pick up if they're trying to go deep into the playoffs again. And then on the other side, they got their, they still got their plethora of guards. Jamal Morey, Monte Morris, who signed a, an extension last year. He's getting $8 that's million a value this deal year. for this guy. He's a good player right there. Yeah, and then you also got Gary Harris, who I forgot was getting paid nineteen million this year, and he's getting paid twenty million next year uh, yeah. for dude who <laughs> didn't really do much. So they're hoping he's healthy this year and, and really give him some of that magic that he gave him two years ago. And PJ Dozier's still on, still on this squad too. So I think the Nuggets are set up well to be in that top three seating, and um, so I can see them there. And then the Mavericks, I think that's that's the headline here, Sean. And I'm not sure if you're buying mm-hmm. into it is. Are we buying the MVP for Luca prediction I'm fully, here? I'm fully bought into Luca for MVP. I know a lot of people are on this bandwagon too, so it's not like a hot take or anything, yeah. but I, I am fully on the Luca for MVP. I am very jealous that you got him at number three overall. <laughs> um, I, I know you're wanting to trade for Jokic at number two. And in the interest of, I don't know, I guess pod, podcast camaraderie i'm gonna suggest that you keep luca do not trade him for Jokic. that you will regret that <laughs> <laughs> i i thought yeah i've already i've already made my mind i i slept on it and and i woke up and i was like yeah i'm keeping this dude i'm gonna ride the, the wave and see oh, see man. where this guy this takes could me. be uh, a, a year we'll never forget from luca man like 
I am so high on this dude. I I was praying to get one of the top two spots in our draft. Uh, to just to get him back and I mean I am not even concerned with Porzingis out like I think this team is still going to have a phenomenal season because of all the pieces that they still have around him like I mean he he loves having Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleber there like mm-hmm. he doesn't need Porzingis to succeed obviously we saw that in the Clippers series too like this this dude almost took down the Clippers single-handedly like in his first year in the playoffs like that is insane this guy yeah. oh my gosh i'm so ready for some luca man <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i feel like luca is just gonna have like a lebron james uh steve nash year where it doesn't matter who the heck you put on the roster he's gonna get them paid yeah. and he's gonna make mm-hmm. them look better oh they're gonna like I, yeah <laughs> like I, I like i think dwight powell is a solid player max kleber has gotten better but i think lucas just puts them in the right spots and you know, I also forget like Lucas got size compared to most guards, mm-hmm. like six he, eight. That, I think, yeah, yeah, he's six eight, and he he, you know, he's a bit beefy, but I mean, he's still <laughs> <Beefy> quick. <boy. laughs> yeah, he's still quick. So I think once I started putting those things together, I was like, okay, this guy, I could see him not only you know get, going out there and getting eleven assists a game, but getting eight boards, and you know, obviously mm-hmm. being a a solid twenty plus point score and he's gonna carry this oh he's gonna he's gonna average 30 points a game this year that's that's what i say yeah yeah i'm excited and i'm definitely putting my money where my mouth is and keeping (laughs) this dude i mean we i got we obviously we all put our buy-in into the fantasy league so i'm i'm keeping luca and i'm buying into the headline as well i mean and then the mavericks porzingis still four to six weeks dwight powell is back from his achilles tear they got josh richardson lose seth curry but you got Luca. I mean, this again. I think this guy's just gonna make the next man up look just as good. <laughs> yeah, seriously though. I mean, <laughs> Seth Curry does hurt a little bit. I mean, one of the best three point shooters in the league. But I, I do think, like you said, like Luca's gonna revitalize Josh Richardson's career. This guy was mm-hmm. having a good career in Miami, went to the hellhole of Philadelphia with no chemistry, and just had a terrible year. And I think this is going to be the resurgence of Josh Richardson. I, I think this guy's going to have a good year too. I didn't really get yeah. him in fantasy, but I, I do think as as far as the overall player, like this is going to be a good compliment to Luca. Yeah, and they got other pieces, right? Like Tim Hardaway Jr. is not too bad. And yeah, uh, yeah, so- it's okay. I, I'm fine with him coming <laughs> off the bench, though. Like pl- I, I would start Josh Richardson over Tim Hardaway for sure. Definitely, yeah. And then we got other guys. We got the Blazers and. The Jazz. I mean, I'm thinking the Blazers are are better. They made some solid moves. Robert Covington, Derek Jones Jr. just had a crazy ass dunk already. In the <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and then we got Ennis Cantor, who already got a couple double doubles in preseason. I mean, that's just yeah. what Ennis Cantor does. <laughs> he loves playing for Portland, man. Like he's yeah. a great he's a great piece for this team. That's a great great bring back for them. I, I all the moves they made and. Like, like we've been praising the Blazers every time we talk about them. I, I think they're they're doing everything they can to make as good of a team as they can. They have a successful offseason every year, I think. Yeah, they're definitely just riding the wave and staying there. And they get another full year of Nurkic this time. And, I mean, mm-hmm. Nurkic is one of those guys that we potentially have not seen the best of him yet. Uh, I think we've seen what CJ and Dame can do. But I think Nurkic is one of those guys that I think might still have a little bit of headroom in terms of improvement. So maybe he he's someone that could be an X factor for the Blazers. I think uh, the Jazz. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> They're gonna just be there. <laughs> like, yeah, I think 
what's going for the Jazz, obviously, is that they, they don't really do anything to improve their team every year. But Donovan Mitchell gets a little better every year. And that's what's kept yeah. them really in it. And and obviously in the bubble, like Jamal Murray, we saw Donovan Mitchell hit this this Super Saiyan level, you know? Yeah. And so if he can continue being that, that next power level up, then, yeah, this team will continue to be relevant. But once he plateaus, which I don't really know what the ceiling is for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he keeps breaking what the, we expected the ceiling was for him. Once he is at his ceiling, then we're going to start to see the Jazz falter off. And and my my thinking is that's going to be like two to three years into this Gobert contract, and then it might start to get a little ugly for them. Um, but, I mean, as it stands, like yeah, you just got to ride that Donovan Mitchell wave and, and just see how long it can take you. Yeah, it's going to be tough for, for this Jazz team. They committed to the money, but this might be really the last year they can – get milk the most out of some of these role players like a Jordan Clarkson. I mean, Jordan Clarkson may have a couple more years, but Mike Conley is a big question mark. Joe Ingles is a big question mark. <laughs> Joe uh, Ingles gets Ingles. exponentially slower every year. Like, yeah. I don't even know if he'll be able to run the length of the court this year. <laughs> exactly. Like, some, some of these other pieces that they have just look like they're on the verge of, they're just being milked pretty hard, I feel, <laughs> to still continue producing at the level that they are. And, uh, and, and they're going to eventually just fall out, and I'm not sure who they can replace them with. So I think this might be the year of the role players for the Utah Jazz and hope they can get the most they can out of these dudes. Because um, Yeah, and because Donovan Mitchell needs some help. If you continue riding on the coattails of him, just him, we've already ha- we've already seen enough case studies that the, it just doesn't work out. Giannis, James Harden, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's there There needs to be another, another score, another playmaker. Jordan yeah. Clarkson, I'm not sure, is that guy. It's a decent piece, but you're going to really hope that something comes along and somebody breaks through and, 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 and helps this team chug, chug forward. Right. And then you got the Rockets, right? And the Rockets. Big question mark. Like right now, tier two. Yeah. Like they have James Harden still. But how long is that going to be there, man? Like I know a lot of, lot of analysts, a lot of media trying to make this trade happen. Honestly, trying to LeVar Ball speak it into existence at this point. <laughs> And I mean, Harden's still there, and opening night's tomorrow. And I don't think uh, any team, Sixers, Nets, are gonna want to make a trade right when the season starts. You know, so as far as I'm concerned, Harden's gonna be here for at least until the trade deadline, and we're actually gonna get to see what this Rockets team can do. I'm excited for that. Like, I want to see John Wall, Christian Wood, James Harden. You know, I want to see. I want to see this team actually perform. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think the pieces are not as bad as I feel like we might have initially thought, you know, a month ago. But they've rounded out a pretty decent roster with John Wall looks pretty good. Uh, Christian Wood, you know, obviously he's the dude who everybody is signing up as like the steal, uh, the sleeper pick. Yeah, talk uh, about media hype. Oh my (laughs) gosh, dude. If I have to see another Christian Wood is the next coming of christ article like <laughs> like this is i've never seen a role player like this so hyped up in my entire life like this this is like brian scalabrini levels of, of media attention like this is ridiculous <laughs> i think everybody likes to have that feeling that they were the person who who called it out but i mean the world we're living in now like we're all so glued to our phone that it's sort of hard to be that person I mean, there's obviously guys that still sneak by, like De- like Devonte Graham did last year. I don't think anybody yeah. saw that that coming. But you were gonna yeah, be Christian- the only one that called Dwayne Bacon last year, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was gonna be your claim to fame. 
Yeah, I'm sorry, you're wrong. so close. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, that was wrong. But I mean, Christian Wood has shown some great signs that he could be that dude. 26, 22 points, 10 rebounds per 36 minutes last year. Closed off the year incredibly for the Pistons. Hey, in the second this half is all of the I year. have to say about a per 36 minute stat. <laughs> Look at Bobin's 36 minute stats. You want to talk no. about 36 minute stats? Bobin's probably averaging like 40 and 20. No, I mean, there's definitely truth to that, right? Like, I think that's the stat I was throwing at you about Kuzma last year. And I was like, this dude's going to go 19 for the whole year. Yep. Obviously, it didn't happen. There's so many other variables. But it's a stat to throw, right? It's a stat to throw. But but I think Christian Wood is not the second coming of Christ. But I think we could see, we could see some 20 and, 20 and 10 games out of this dude. And honestly, it's just going to be – it's not going to feel quite as like – uh, you know, he made the jump just because he is getting a lot, he's, he is getting a lot of hype. Um, but I think he he is a decent a decent piece. And I I do too. I, yeah, I I, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I do think Christian Wood is a decent player. I just think that these expectations that have been put on him are so inflated right now. Like we're gonna be disappointed unless he's like an all star this year. Like yeah. that is that is where his hype levels at right now. Is like this guy's gonna average. 25 and 10 this year and make the all-star team and then win a championship for the next three years like that is like the christian wood trajectory in the media right now i'm just like man like just let this man average like 16 and 8 and we'll all be happy you know like come on yeah i mean essentially that's what he's gonna do he's gonna take some of the clink capella numbers and maybe just add a little bit more scoring (laughs) but yeah he's probably gonna be a 16 and 10 is probably the safer side um that's what i'm predicting but yeah they would be nice if he goes. If he does become a twenty-point machine, I mean, yeah, but, if he does. But man, like, chill. He hasn't done anything yet, <laughs> man. But yeah, I mean, the team, the team to me looks decent. Like with you, with James Harden on as the piece. I mean, yeah. this is a tier two team. I think it's completely Definitely. different from what we saw last year. But it's, I'm still putting it here mm-hmm. in tier two, borderline. If, but I mean. James Harden, it's tough. It's tough to move a, a guy like that. Not only the contract, but does he fit on your team? He's obviously like a huge piece. You're bringing aboard the train and you're committing a lot of money for the next two years. And you're going to probably, because I mean, if you're the Rockets, I don't think it's fair to say they should get something on the equivalent of what um, the Bucks gave up for Drew Holiday, what the Clippers gave up for Paul George. Because mm-hmm. there's one thing to remember is that those teams gave it up because of some some other reason also. Yeah, Drew Holiday, right. <laughs> get Giannis to sign. Paul George, get Kawhi Leonard to sign. Mm-hmm. There is no that happening right now in the league. Like if there was, right. it was the Bucks, But they obviously got their guy. And there's nobody else really that's like that. Maybe the Clippers, I guess, but they're not that desperate. So no. it's, yeah. I think he's, he stays. I don't think the Rockets really end up and end up getting offered the deal that they think they should get. Yeah, I mean, unless like the trade deadline, maybe it's a different story. I mean, depends on where the Sixers are at, depends where the Rockets are at. Uh, I think things change over the course of the season. So if we start to see Harden maybe look discontent, not really playing at his best, they they might look to trade him still. But as it stands, like yeah, this is definitely a tier two team I, that could be as high as the two seed this year. Honestly, I mean, the Rockets usually do have a very good regular season. So yeah. I, that is their ceiling still is the two seed. I think wow. like, I, I think that they have as good a chance as, as any of these teams to, to have a good regular season, but 
I mean, we'll, we'll have to see how it works. I mean, I, I like Steven Silas, honestly. Like, I, I don't know why Harden's giving him so much flack. Maybe because he's a rookie coach. But I, I think that this this dude could be the real deal. I, I really like the what he's done so far. Um, so I'm not I'm not gonna give him condemnation before he's even gotten to coach his first NBA game as a head coach. I, I'm I'm gonna give him that chance. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. So we spent a lot of time on the West. Uh, granted, it's a huge, it's a big pack, but on the Eastern Conference big side, pack over here too. <laughs> yeah, it's a big pack, but I think that it's not quite maybe as bundled up as the West. I think there's teams that stand out and teams with some question marks. I think the Bucks clearly are the top of the tier two on the verge. You know, of they got the pieces, they got the best player, arguably the best player in the game, so that automatically gives you some consideration for tier one, but. The questions are obviously are around the role players. Chris Middleton, we know what we get in Chris Middleton, but you know you lose Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, Kyle Korver, Robin Lopez, uh, and you bring in Drew Holiday, uh, DJ Augustine, Torrey Craig, and Bobby Portis. Giannis is committed, so the questions are: Is this team destined to to be again a second round exit, or can this team put something together and finally break through and get themselves into the NBA Finals? Mm-hmm. I would put these moves that they made on the same level as the Blazers in terms of like the free agents they brought in. Like, I think every free agent they brought in is a good piece that is improved from the player that they lost. Like Drew Holiday's a little better than Eric Bledsoe. DJ Augustine, I think, is a little better than George Hill. Torrey Craig, a little better than Robin Lopez. Like, I mean, yeah. Kyle Korver, he's old, so you don't really <laughs> care if you replace him or not, but. I, yeah, I think this Bucks team is improved from last year, which is a very good sign for them. And I'm not too upset about having lost out on Bogdanovich. I am maybe more upset that I lost my 2022 second round pick from the tampering vi- lawsuit uh, yeah. because yeah, that that just is, that sucks, man. Like that's that's an asset you you can do nothing with now. But yeah. I mean, it all it was all in an effort to keep you honest. So in the grand scheme of things, no one's going to remember that 2022 second round pick unless it becomes the next Nikola Jokic or something funny like that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I this team, I would like we said they're almost tier one. But since we haven't seen them play together yet in this new form, it's hard to say. Um, so yeah. I do put them above the rest of these tier twos with the Celtics, Sixers, Raptors, all those teams. I, I put them a little bit higher. Yeah, I I do too. But you know, again, the question marks around playoff performance are there. Uh, the question marks of how this team meshes together are are there as well. And then the next set, you know, we got the Celtics, 76ers, Raptors, Nets, and Heat. Out of all these guys, the Celtics, they're rolling with the young core. No more Gordon Hayward. Maybe it's for the better. Uh, You know, I think the big guy here on their team is Jalen Brown. He took a big step last year. And I think he's got room to take another one. And that might be what the Celtics need to to just kind of kind of also break through, you know, and get themselves mm-hmm. into the finals. They're another team that's been knocking around for for some time alongside the in the 76ers, but Celtics a little more consistently. What do you what do you think about the headline there, Jalen Brown? Mm, I do, yeah, as an X factor, yes. I do think Jalen Brown's growth is going to be very important for the Celtics to succeed. And I mean, I I actually do have quite a bit of stock in Jalen Brown. I drafted him <laughs> myself. Um, I, I, I do think that he's going to be a very good player this year. Um, is it enough to get them to the NBA Finals? 
Mm, it could be. It could be. But I think both Tatum and Brown are going to have to take steps forward um, for this team to do it because obviously they were very close last year. So I do think if both those guys improve, they're going to have to because the Bucks improved. I'd say the Sixers improved. And the Nets are a question mark, but they, they'll they definitely be there. And the Heat are obviously sticking around. So, yeah, yeah they, they have to have both those guys improve to even have the same chance that they had last year. And so I, I think it's possible for sure. I mean, with, with Hayward out, it's going to go to more efficient guys in Brown and Tatum. And, I mean, no Kemba Walker... That's a big question mark too. Yeah. If if Kemba can't get back to the player that he was, then I don't think this team has a good chance. But if, if they do get him back, at least like I, I don't even know. The, his injury is very questionable right now. Like exactly how long he's going to be out and what type of shape he's going to be in when he gets back. Um, it, it could be very disastrous for them. Yeah, and I mean they rode. They're riding with some vet, some vets, and Tristan Thompson and Jeff T. Maybe some pluses there, but ultimately this team, I think they need to stop holding those assets so close to the chest and just yeah, they never, they never really made that into anything. You know, like Kyrie and Gordon Hayward came in free agency, like they didn't give up assets for them, and yeah, they're still just holding on to these assets that they can't really do anything with. Yeah, and they're gonna go away in the next couple years, so. I think it's time to make a move at some point. You can't just keep mm-hmm. holding them uh, and talking the wait, watch out for the Celtics, yeah. watch out for the Celtics. And <laughs> you got to invest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 76ers reloaded team losing Al Horford, Josh Richardson. This is another core pillar of the Eastern Conference. Ben Simmons. It's the headline here is he a lock on this roster? Are we going to see him finish it out and do some damage in <laughs> playoffs with the 76ers team? I mean, I want to think, I think so. Again, unless it's James Harden, I don't really know, understand. I don't really know what deal is out there to make this team better. That's that's the one, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't give up Ben Simmons for really anything else but another superstar. Yeah. I guess if there's a Jalen Brown deal there out there, maybe, but I don't, I, I no, don't see that No, Jalen Brown is not as good as Ben Simmons. No yeah. way. <laughs> I guess I'm thinking Jalen Brown and some other pieces, but yeah, it just, I don't even know if that really happens. Interconference rivals trading pieces yeah, like that. Yeah, probably not. I mean, it's not impossible, but yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. But yeah, I mean, they're going to roll with it. He's still on the roster. Doc Rivers is the coach. Dylan Morey's making moves as the, the GM with Elton Brandon as, as his puppet. Um, Danny Green, Seth Curry. I mean, Seth Curry is a great addition for this team. That, that's what they desperately needed. What they lost with J.J. Redick leaving last year now they get that back, and I think the 76ers team, who was really, they were four bounces away from making it to, to the Eastern Conference Finals mm-hmm. uh, two years ago. I mean, th- this puts them back in that spot, I think, and I think maybe maybe the ball bounces a different way for them this time. Yeah, I, I like this team, and I could see this team run, walking, walking out of the Eastern Conference Finals into mm-hmm. the NBA Finals against the Lakers, but uh, I like That'd it. Be fun. And then, yeah, and the next teams, we got Raptors, Nets, heat uh these are sort of the question well maybe not the heat well the, the question for me with the heat uh-huh. is is can they replicate the success that sort of kind of came out of nowhere in the bubble <laughs> you know can they shoot the same way that they shot in the bubble back into their nba regular season get through the regular season and you know make those momentous wins when it looks like some of these teams the pack has gotten slightly better um that's my question for the heat and and I'm not sure what the answer to that is. I mean, they they lost 
Jay Crowd, they lost Derek Jones Jr. They added some some vets. Uh, they got Bam extended. You know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to expect from the Heat. And then the Raptors and Nets, again, big question marks for me as well. I think the Raptors are probably the least competitive of this group. I would actually put them in the sixth seed this year um, mm-hmm. at the bottom of this list. They didn't make any moves to get better, really. Aaron Baines replaces Serge Ibaka, but he doesn't improve upon him. And, I mean, they, they are, they're also just baking on their guys getting better. Like, they need OG to get better. They need Siakam to improve his game, too. The Heat, I mean, they have, what, three rookies on the roster that contributed big time for them last year. Nunn, Harrow, Duncan Robinson. If any of those guys hit a sophomore slump, that's not going to be very good. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, the, I'm a little lower on the Heat this year. Although I love Bam, like Bam, Bam's one of my favorite players, and because he was like my sleeper pick in fantasy last year in both leagues, and I, I almost got him in both leagues, and I was stoked about it. Um, but yeah, he's going to be great this year. Bam out of bio, watch out for him. Christian Wood is totally what Bam was last year. Christian Wood's been in the league for like four or five years already, though. That's the difference. Like, bam, right when he gets his opportunity, he becomes an all-star. I don't think Christian Wood is the same. I, I, I do not think he's as good as Bam Adebayo. Yeah, I, I agree with you, though, on the Heat. Yeah, you could Yeah, you could argue. Yeah, like, I didn't, I'm not giving Christian Wood the chance to have his opportunity yet. Like, this could be his Bam Adebayo moment, sure. Yeah, I, I, get, I get your point there. It could be. Good, it, very, it very well could be, yeah. but... I think, yeah, the Nets, man, I, I watched KD play in that preseason game the other day, and I know preseason means absolutely nothing, but he looks great. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's that's really all you need to take away, is KD looked like he was putting up KD shots, and he's making KD moves, and that's all you need. That's all you need to see. Like, they're going to be top of the East, yeah. one of the top three seeds, I, for sure. I think, yeah, here I'm buying stock in 76ers and Nets. That's who I'm going with. Sean, you, you got yeah. anything different? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Bucks, Nets, Sixers as my top three. Nice. That's. I, I can't be. bet against KD, man. Like he, oh man, it, it's so nice to see KD on a basketball floor again, man. This this dude is just, he's a marvel to watch, dude. The way he shoots, it's just like, how do you stop him? Like you can't, can't stop. You literally him. can't. Yeah, it, he's insane. Puts it over seven footer. Puts it over his head. That's a tall, oh, that's a tall hit. Unreal. Shot you. Like, yeah. Like, don't let him to the free throw line. Are you kidding? Like, a free throw jumper for KD is like him literally dropping it into the basket off of a ladder. <laughs> like, it, it's automatic. It, it's just beautiful. Yeah, exactly. So let's jump in tier three. This is the dude's middle, deep in the middle of the pack. But tell mm-hmm. me, tell me a couple names here. We have the West Warriors, and we got the Suns. Uh, I mean. We don't have to spend as much time as we have on the others here, but who who who's a favorite here? Who are you buying stock, Sean? If you if there's one to buy into that could outperform the current value we have him at. Uh <laughs> you don't Warriors. Have to pick one. <laughs> Warriors, I guess. I don't know. I I think the West ones so we have the Warriors and Suns in the West, and we have the Pacers and Wizards in the East. Yeah. Out of, I mean, I think the West teams have more ceiling than the East teams in, in these tiers. And I agree that these teams all belong in in tier three in the very middle. And I don't know, man. I, I like I like I said in previous podcasts, the Suns to me like are no better than eight seed. <laughs> so yeah, like I don't think their ceilings that high. 
but like I could see I could see the Wizards like missing the playoffs again. I, I could I could <laughs> see I could see the Pacers just being like the most boring team in the league this year. The Warriors are so interesting though because it's like you don't know like is Kelly Uber Jr. gonna actually like succeed with like Steph Curry like handling the ball and him just like getting his. He had a big James in the Wiseman. Pre-season. Is James Wiseman gonna gonna be okay after COVID and is he gonna produce like yeah? Is Draymond Green gonna like actually do anything useful outside of defense? Like I don't know. There's so many question marks with this team. It's it's it looks. They they're still the Warriors at the end of the day. It's still Steph Curry, and man, I'm I'm excited again to see Steph Curry play a full season. Like I I just hope for him that he's super healthy too. Oh man, I don't think any of them really break out of tier three though. I don't see yeah. any movement. I'm gonna choose one and let me know if you agree. But with the Warriors, I think they're gonna squeeze all the juice that they can, and that's essentially going to be <laughs> the sixth seed uh, in uh, tier okay. tier three for the Warriors. I. Kelly Oubre Jr. I think is going to have a good scoring year, and I'm not even sure if we'll see James Wiseman very much. I'm just not these these big men rookies always have a tough time their first year for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I mean DeAndre Ayton had a solid year. I mean, sure. wasn't a dominant, but like 16 and nine guy. This is yeah. not bad. I'm buying stock into the Pacers, and I'll tell you why. This is going to be mm, the first year that they actually are going to put the whole party the whole super friends of the pacers together <laughs> that is Sabonis, malcolm brogdon tj warren victor Otolipo. i i like this four-man lineup in the eastern you're not, conference yeah, you're, not, you're not putting turner miles turner's not done make the, yeah, the super I, friends i was i was going back and forth and <laughs> whether he qualifies to, to be on the super friends of the pacers I'm not sure. I left him out. No? I left him out. I, what, dude, I, he's been on this these... team this whole time. He he's has, been the starting center this whole time. But, I mean, Sabonis is Sabonis is a near 20 and 10 dude, and TJ Warren put up the ridiculous numbers. Obviously, Malcolm Brogdon's just been getting better every year, uh, slightly better. And Victor is, you know, we can we get Victor of the pre-injury, you know, when he was an all-star in this league? And... That's a that looks like a solid lineup to me. Like you might you could have two all stars coming off this out of this team in the middle of the pack. Like I think that's pretty good, and there there's a chance this team might outperform. But the mm-hmm. but but I mean they're gonna have to bank on the chance that one of these teams like they might outperform and take what the Raptors were, what the rap what the Raptors could have been at their best. Maybe they get outbeat by the Pacers and they make it make that jump. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. I, I could even see them passing the Heat in in, in some scenarios. Yeah. I, I yeah, I mean, your argument these these four players. I love all four of these players. I I yeah. do. I I I'm a sucker for Sabonis. I'm a sucker <laughs> for Brogdon. And uh, Odalipo goes without saying. Yeah. And, and T.J. Warren. I mean, just just because the Suns threw him away for for a sandwich, I think. <laughs> That that alone that alone endeared him to me. I I always wanted T.J. Warren to succeed. I'm glad he did. Man, yeah, I I like these guys. I just I can't put them in a tier higher. Like they're all just solid dudes. They're just not. Uh, they they're one of them's gonna have to make a jump that we're not expecting this year. Yeah. I think for, for to to see the breakout that you're saying we're we're gonna have to see a jump. And maybe it is just Odalipo going back to All Star level. Maybe that is all they need. But. Uh, yeah, it, it's hard to see for me, I guess. Yeah, I guess my my big point, yeah, it's I mean, we could see a jump, but the big point is just that these guys have just never actually played together for a whole year. Uh, you know, due to mm-hmm. health or 
mainly just health. And I mean, obviously the current version of TJ Warren, Bubble Warren, if that comes out, he's never <laughs> played with these dudes. So we'll see. We'll see what that entails. But, you know, we're moving so, down. We're moving. Or I'm, go I'm going to put in one more for the Wizards. Okay. I just want to say I am actually very excited to watch this Wizards team. Yeah, it's really only one reason. I think you. It's not that. Um, it's not that hard to think of what the reason is. It's Russell Westbrook, man. I mean, <laughs> I thought you were, were going to say get... something else. Wait, what? What do you think I was going to say? I, I thought you were going to say Davis Bertans live up to the expectations. Oh, of yeah, of yes, contract. yes. Davis Bertans finally getting his. That's all that matters. No, dude. I mean, this is back to OKC Russell Westbrook, man. This is going to yeah. be a show. <laughs> just straight up running back or yeah running back Westbrook just running through team players yeah. and getting to the basket no, this hey, will look, be very fun man I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch some Wizards basketball again <laughs> yeah I mean I think we're going to get Wizards basketball which is this is what it's going to be it's going to be Bradley Beal and Westbrook trading off 30 point nights Berton's mm-hmm. hitting some threes Westbrook yes. ramming through the lineups <laughs> But Westbrook is going to have a highlight dunk. And then you look up at the score and they're going to be down 15 to 20 points because this is a terrible defensive team. Uh, they were a terrible defensive team last year. I mean, they freaking got invited to the bubble and ended up doing worse eight in a row. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. At this core, at the core, this team is still that team and Westbrook doesn't improve on that at all. I mean, he shows. I mean, yeah. Hey, if Westbrook, Westbrook has was on. Of, if he was on their team in the bubble, they would not have lost eight in a row. They would. They would have won, would, one, they would have won two. one or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this is gonna be one of the worst defensive teams, and that's why I don't want to give it too much credit because I feel like it. It's. It looks nice. It's got good names. You know, Ru Hishimara looks like a good. You know, he's a good young piece. Thomas Bryant's mm-hmm. a good young piece. Davis Bertans, but these are all like offensive players and. Dini Advihi is also another rookie that's known for his offensive upside. This team has done nothing to fix what it's truly lacking, and that's just some solid deep defenders. Hey, we, we love watching points. Points are fun. <laughs> Defense is boring. This is great. Let's, is let's, totally, watch, let's all watch the Wizards games. <laughs> this is totally that team. Like We're going to see some Bradley Beal and Westbrook highlights, but the score is going to be them down by 15-20. Like, oh, I love it. Yeah, it's going to be 140 to 125. It's going to be epic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Here we go. Tier four. We're getting further down the funnel. And these are the teams that are either catching that eight seed or, (laughs) you know, qualifying for that play in tournament. Uh, And it's it kind of it's kind of funny to see some of the teams we're naming here. So on the West, we got the Grizzlies, Pelicans, Timberwolves and Spurs and the Timberwolves. I feel like uh kind of like the wizards of the west where it seems like they should be better but it feels hard to to rank them higher than yeah. than basically being a, a contender to make the play in tournament yeah i mean it makes sense though because they haven't done anything to prove that they can succeed yeah. like this timberwolves team was terrible last year and you add in probably like one of the most questionable number one picks in the history of the nba <laughs> It's like usually you're like, yeah, like we're number one. Like this is awesome. And the Timberwolves are actively trying to get out of number one because they didn't know if this guy was going to be any good or not. And it's, I mean, we'll see. 
I think at least in Anthony Edwards' credit, he probably has the least pressure as a number one overall pick of like any number one overall pick ever because no one expected like two or three of people in the LA Times put Obi Toppin as the rookie of the year. Like Anthony <laughs> Edwards wasn't even there, and I think a lot of people think like Lamelo Ball is going to be better than him. A lot of people think Obi Toppin is going to be better than him, and no one really believes in him. So I mean, just I hope he goes out there and balls and proves us all wrong. But yeah, out of this group, I'm I'm so disappointed that we have to put the Grizzlies in tier four. Yeah. Because they showed so much promise last year. And you're like, okay, how are you going to go into this next season and improve? They did nothing. They did yeah. absolutely nothing. Zaire Smith failed <laughs> project in Philadelphia. Desmond Bain, who cares? This is just a draft pick. And then the other guy was Mario Hazonia. Well, and he, they ended up the dropping him. <laughs> they ended up dropping him. That was like their only guy they picked up this year. And it's like, man, I mean, I love John Morant, man. And I love Jaron Jackson Jr. But you added nobody to this roster. You're banking solely on your guys improving, which they probably will. But that's not enough to compete mm-hmm. at all. Definitely not. And I love the history of the city of Memphis. It seems like such a cool place. I've never been there. But, man, can we move this franchise to Seattle? Like they, <laughs> This franchise will always just fight such an uphill battle to make incremental improvements to their squad. Like, And that that is the thing. It's like they fall off further down in terms of rankings just because everybody else has figured out ways to get slightly better. The Blazers, mm-hmm. I mean, Utah, maybe not, but they have Donovan Mitchell on the team. Uh, yeah. Blazers, Nuggets, everybody has figured out a way to get slightly better. And Grizzlies just cannot do that. John Moran, again, he, he is living to the hype and breaking the barriers of the hype around him. And he's probably going to take another leap. I think this year, the question is, will he be an all-star or, or is the guard position too deep again in the Western Conference for him to sneak in there. But regardless, if this team ever has aspirations to be a contender, it's not going to happen off the back of John Morant alone. And it's it's an uphill battle for this franchise. And I, I look forward to the day where the NBA forces a move for this team to Seattle. And, <laughs> so we can actually see the Grizzlies in the in deep into the playoffs. Yeah. And I, I will say I'm also very excited for Jaron Jackson Jr. If he can come back like a month from now and stay healthy the rest of the season because this this dude is supremely talented. Yeah, and we've seen it. We've seen glimpses of it. He, the, the, he's a big man that can do it all. He he is your your modern big man incarnate. Like this is exactly what you're looking for with a guy like that. He's got to come back healthy. He just hasn't been able to prove it, and, and that's gonna firmly put them in tier four. And, and I am really excited to see the Pelicans still. I mean, I'm still holding out hope for Zion. I'm sure a lot of people are, but the hype's died down a lot. It's almost yeah. like all of the hype that was around Zion last offseason was literally transferred directly to Christian Wood. <laughs> like they're like, okay, it's not Zion, it's Christian Wood now. <laughs> like he's the he's the next coming. Is like everyone kind of really not on Zion on the media, which I think is honestly a good thing for him. You know? Yeah. No media pressure. And now he's apparently off of a minutes restriction. No minutes restriction, full bore Zion to start the season. That's going to be fun. That's going to be very fun. Yeah, and I'm definitely buying stock, obviously, into Zion. I mean, he's on my team, and 
I cannot believe yeah. where he fell to <laughs> me in the third round, but yeah, that, that's it, that's that's where the hype. Like Christian Wood, you got in the fourth round or something, right? Because the yeah. hype's like super high on him, and Zion, who was a first round pick in some drafts last <laughs> year, falling to the third. That's crazy. Yeah, the hype has really just fallen off. I mean, it feels like John Moran is the better player that came out of that draft right now. Um, mm-hmm. Lamella Ball feels like he's got more hype than Zion, but I think I think this guy should use that to kind of you know uh, fire him up heading into this year because I think Zion. Oh yeah, was is by, looked like by far the best prospect in the last like four to five years, um. So, or if not, maybe since LeBron, who knows? But Zion, I mean, I'm buying stock into this dude for sure. And and if he if he does something crazy, then the Pelicans are going <laughs> to do something crazy. This, this, he's gonna he can either drag this team along or you know just simply be a highlight reel for us uh, on NBA.com, but. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if Zion's just crazy, man. Like I've seen just watching him that preseason game. He just looks like, a, I don't even how to describe like it. Healthy. <laughs> just like a thick piece of baloney that moves, <laughs> moves at this, like the speed of a, like a, like the speed of a marble going down a hill. Like it's just insane, man. <laughs> That is one for the record books. Man, <laughs> like, that... <laughs> it's just like this thick piece of 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 human <laughs> being on the basketball court that just thick moves insanely fast. Oh and just, man, like, bullies people around. It's crazy. Yeah. Like he's like it, a bowling ball. <laughs> yeah, like a bowling ball. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. I, I, but I mean, the, the Pelicans added some nice pieces too. Like Stephen Adams is is nice. Eric Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they added some true defensive greedy vets to the squad. What and that I mean that might hurt something in terms of like their young pieces. They got to actually fight for playing time. Lonzo, Josh Hart, and some of these guys. And but uh, all all in all, this team is slightly better. But the West is just competitive, and they're going to need Zon to play at an All Star level if they want to break into the pack. Yeah, I think this team. Would you say this team has tier two ceiling, or is that too high? It just feels like it when I see Zion play. It just feels unreal. <laughs> like it feels like there's yeah. no one who can defend that man. And if that's the case for eight, for seventy games, like holy shit, then possibly. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think one of the teams in here that is probably just stuck in tier four is the Spurs. Yeah, with, I, I, with I, no ceiling. Oh man, I mean, all they added was Trey Jones and Devin Vassell in the draft. And DeRozan and Aldridge are just getting a little bit older. Yeah, talk there's about not, falling There's not off. really a lot going on. I mean, they still are holding out hope with DeJounta Murray, right? Like, he's, he's still supposed to have not reached his potential. They obviously have a lot of faith in Derek White improving a lot um, with that new extension. Uh, you know, it's just... Uh, it's just nothing nothing there man it's just like no emotions i have no emotions for the spurs yeah i have nothing really to say there i mean greg popovich is hanging around but i think it's only a matter of time before we we hear a crazy announcement of maybe him moving on i don't know but yeah lamarcus aldridge demar Derozan, that's a good duo to have had four years ago but now they've really fallen off yeah, it's like they're good players still. Like I, like I don't want to disrespect them so much. Like these are good players still. Yeah, but exactly. They're just, they've just fallen us a, a couple steps behind, you know, and they're and they're not gonna get better. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. There'll be then, like a matchup where you're like, well, I have to like try to beat them, but like it won't be that hard. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they just haven't been able to get a guy onto the squad either, like a draft pick or another yeah. big piece to develop. No projects for the Spurs. Um, mm-hmm. But moving on to the Eastern Conference, uh, not quite as com- not quite as exciting of a pack as the West. But I mean, you've got this. There's some excitement here. I, I th- think. I, I think. I think the top of what we have in this tier, the Hawks, and uh, you know the the I'd the say Bulls. the Hornets. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not buying excitement. You're, you're not buying into. I'm not Lamello, buying tickets Gordon to the Hornets show. Lamelo no. Gordon Hayward additions don't do it for you. No, I will not watch. The Hornets will be the least team I watch on the NBA NBA League Pass this year. If oh, at all. that's not true. You're not going to watch the Cavs. Way, you're going to watch Cavs <laughs> way less than the Hornets. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, but I think the Hornets are definitely towards the bottom of the list. I'm more excited. I'm excited wow. about the Hawks. I think the Hawks are a big question mark. That could. They're like on the hinge. They they'll make the play in tournament. I think and you know potentially be there. I mean, look at this squad. I mean, they got. Bogdanovic, Gallinari, Rondo, Chris Dunn. Uh, they got a solid pick, the kid from USC. It's just, it's just again, and we've talked about this a bunch, it's just the depth questions, like how that interacts and how that team chemistry reacts, especially with no extension given to Collins. Like, he, he, the Hawks are making him play for his spot, essentially, it seems. Yeah, very disrespectful, but... <laughs> Yeah, the Hawks are going to be really fun to watch. I mean, this is another team that struggles with defense, right? Like, very similar to Washington. Like, you can't hide Trey Young on on defense. Like, they've tried, and it's kind of like Isaiah Thomas. But Brad Stevens was able to just do it so masterfully. I I don't think this Hawks team can figure out how to do it very well. And it's not like Bogdanovich is a very good defender. It's not like these guys like Cam Reddish are a very good defender. Rondo, eh. Chris Dunn's actually a pretty good defender. I'll give him that, but he's not going to get very many minutes. And John Collins, I think he just gets rebounds. I don't think he's actually a very good defender either. So this this is another team where it's like they're going to have to just outscore their opponent. They're going to have to figure out the lineups that are most optimal. They're going to have to experiment with a lot of different lineups, which is going to be tough in a shortened season um, where maybe guys go out for COVID and you don't know what you really have in some of them. It's going to be very hard for this team to gel, but if they do figure out a, a solid optimal lineup, they they will definitely make that seven seed, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think they'll be in the fight for seven, eight, and potentially nine. I don't see them being the one that is looking out. Yeah. Uh, out of all of these four teams, they have the best potential to break into tier three. Yeah, I think so too. And they got that. They got the upside on their, on their side, on their roster yeah. too. I guess like outside of the Hawks, you know, we clearly think they're the best. Then we got the Magic, the Bulls, and the Hornets. Out of all these guys, who are you buying stock into, Sean? Is there any, you? I'm gonna put stock in the Hornets out of all these really? three. Oh my yes. gosh! I yes. Don't... Well, I mean, come on, man. You got Devonta Graham. Devonta Graham had a great year last year. He's a solid piece, and I think Gordon Hayward is a good piece. I think Lamella Ball gives you a lot of upside. I don't see that in the other two teams. <laughs> Do you see upside in these other two? Like, uh, there's obviously I'm not even gonna ask you if you see upside in the Magic because I'm <laughs> if you if you do then I'm just not even gonna listen to it. Uh, Chicago, I could see Chicago, sure, but they didn't add anybody interesting. Mm-hmm. Like they had the worst pick in the draft, probably. I mean, you draft Patrick Williams at number four overall. No one even knew who this guy was. He wasn't on anyone's draft yeah, they board. Totally they could totally just botch that pick. We yeah, that could be a nothing. That could be a nothing. It's like, yeah, Zach Levine's good. 
Uh, sure. I, I think the upside mostly exists in Kobe White's ascension. If Kobe White, I, I'm very high on Kobe White this year. I think if he can become uh, that next level player, is that even enough to really move the needle that much for them? I, I Give me stats for my fantasy team, sure. But I don't know if it translates that many more wins because, I mean, you still have the question marks with Wendell Carter Jr., Laurie Markkinen. Like, are these guys... I mean, they didn't even resign Markkinen to an extension, so yeah. they don't really believe in him yet. I, I have way more faith in the Hornets to do better than the Bulls this year. Is it fair if I just walk away from buying stock from any of these teams? <laughs> Oh yeah, totally. I like, mean, I'm not. I, I'm not point. I'm not, you're not uh, at gunpoint having to pick one. Uh, but I would like to hear what you'd say if you were had to be at gunpoint. And you had to pick yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking. Uh, you obviously are probably gonna just dread this, but I'm picking the Magic. No, but I'm not picking don't. them. I'm not picking them because I think they have upside. I'm picking them because I think that's they are the eight seed. That is their definition, and that's who they're going to be. I, I know they're just All like right, fine. They're just like a, you know, they're just the eight seed. I don't know. They're just like a chocolate almond bar. Like I know exactly what I'm going to get. It's cheap, you know, and it's not crazy. It's exactly what it is. Just chocolate and almonds. <laughs> chocolate and almonds. <laughs> and that's, that's super cool. Yeah, it's just that's that's who the magic are. And again, yeah, that and the reason for that is because yes, yeah, so I have huge question marks about who the hell the Bulls are. Like I wrote this. I wrote that they're a young core that's good but not sure if they're even good enough like as a team yeah. like, they have nice individual pieces in carter marking in like marking had a good year two years ago wender carter had a mm-hmm. good year last year and marking had a shitty year yet last year <laughs> zach levine was injured for like two years but had a good year last year like what are those signs of like who they are or just like a lucky year i have no idea and who is colby white like how good is he truly <laughs> um i don't know and the hornets I just not. I just don't like this team. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to like them. I yeah. was just saying, if I had to pick out all of these ones, all these three teams, I'm gonna have to try Hornets. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I have to go with one of them. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not happy about it. I'm just yeah. saying, I'm not ever picking the Magic. <laughs> yeah, but out of this so tier, lame. I'll have the Hawks on NBA League Pass, and I'll have some some Bulls games, but mm-hmm. very little Magic. Yeah little to know you gotta watch the hornets you gotta, you gotta watch Lamelo ball come on man you know you want to <laughs> all right maybe I'll, I'll catch a couple we'll see we'll see how long it goes but now we're we're at the bottom we're at the bottom of the barrel the tier five i mean i mean we'll start in the west here because it's funny because i almost was debating whether or not the thunder should be in a tier all of their own oh <laughs> i actually don't i actually don't because all right, here's what like I don't know if the Thunder are going to be necessarily as bad as the Cavs or the Knicks. What are uh, they? I, I, tr- I truly believe that this team is going to like reverse course on like the tank and try to win like 25 games this year. <laughs> I truly believe that that is the most likely scenario is that these Thunder are going to claw their way to 25 wins and the Knicks are probably going to have like 20. So I, I think, yeah, tier five. <laughs> are they, you do see them in the same category as the Kings? See, that's the thing is I feel like the Kings. See, unfortunately I do because the Kings didn't get any better. They still <laughs> didn't get any better. Ever, like this is the second year in a row. It's like they almost made the playoffs two years ago and they haven't done anything to even try to get back there since. Yeah. Like they got so close. 
yeah i see the bulls feel like what the, the kings were two three years ago where it felt <laughs> like they had a lot of good young pieces and here we are two three years later and we don't know they're just they might be worse than what we i mean i don't know they're probably just as good as they were two to three years ago but now they don't have the hype of the young pieces and some young pieces have even left and mm-hmm. the bulls could easily become the kings if like they don't i guess come together or put the right pieces together the kings just look lost like they got a, they got mm-hmm. their guy in fox but everybody else looks pretty movable to me and and uh but i mean i think they still have more talent than thunder like i think the thunder are going to just be at the bottom bottom of the barrel yeah the, the thing is with the thunder is that they have so many guys that could be very good like s like sga could be very mm-hmm. good um, I, th- I think this guy that they drafted, Pokasevsky, could be very good. Maybe not this year, but, like, who knows? Like, they're actually going to play him, which I think is interesting. I didn't know that they were going to, like, actually roll with this guy in the season yet. Um, and then you got I mean, Al Horford could have a resurgent year. And yeah. we saw it with Chris Paul last year. And the guy's still a great player, and he's super smart. So, I don't know. I, he's going to get minutes. And then uh, George Hill, good shooter. You know, I, I just I feel like this team is going to do a little better than people expect because, <laughs> I don't know, the Thunder just, they, they do really well with these younger guys. They just develop them really well. And so I, I think they're just going to sneak some victories like more than we should expect. I, I don't see this as like a 15-win team like they're trying to be. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I see them. I def- and I mean, who knows? I bet that I thought that's what that team was going to be last year. And hell, they almost made it to the freaking second round. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm playoffs. saying. Like, they always exceed expectations. It's so weird. Yeah, so we'll see if Shea Gilgis makes a step on a step forward on his own without Chris Paul. And yeah, I guess Al Horford, I could see that. He's still a former all-star. The Eastern Conference, though, we got Pistons, Cavs, and Knicks. Any upside, any reason to buy stock into any of these guys? Like I, so, these, I this mean, is it. I obviously think not. <laughs> Cavs and Knicks, no. Like, yeah. do you agree with me with that? Like, no, no Cavs. No. Pistons, yes. Pistons, yes. Because Jeremiah Grant could become a very good player. There's a very outside chance of doing it, but it could happen. Could yeah. Killian Hayes be the rookie of the year? Maybe. I don't know. It could happen. I'm just saying out of, out of these three teams, like they actually have a little bit of upside and and they still have Blake Griffin. He's the best player of any of these three teams. So than Kevin Love. Yeah. Yes, yeah, better than Kevin yeah. Love. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, is it exciting? No. <laughs> like are they going to suck? Probably, like 90% chance. But I mean, they have at least potential to like get up to an Orlando Magic level. Eight seed. Eight seed. At the at the very best case. At scenario. the very best, very best case scenario. Okay, okay, that's fair. I'm not sure. I see it. I think. I think we're just gonna see Blake Griffin fall into injuries again. Um, and it's I hope gonna not, be man. I like the guy. He's a he's a good player, and he's exciting to watch when he's healthy. So here's a here's a question then to start to close things off, or unless you had any other big point on any of these teams. No, no, Cavs, Cavs and Knicks deserve nothing. Which, and, and the Knicks signed Nerlens Noel and Austin Rivers for crying out loud. 
Yeah, I mean, the Knicks are just going to be Obi Topin show and um, RJ Barrett. I mean, can RJ Barrett nah, put something together? That. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, nah, it, nah, nah, nah. Their, biggest, their biggest claim could be if they end up being the team that pulls the trigger on the James Harden trade. Uh, they might as well just go for Kate Cunningham, try to beat out the Thunder for him, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But here's the question is, is there any of these five teams interesting enough to watch two nights in a row on League Pass? Oh, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> two nights in a row, but back-to-back games over there. Obviously, back-to-back like a games. Wednesday and a Friday. <laughs> it depends on who they're playing. If they're playing the Lakers and the Bucks, sure. <laughs> okay, regardless of who they're playing, is there a team here that you would catch potentially watching no, from Wednesday, no, watch them play no, Wednesday and they watch him again Friday. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you had to pick no, one. I'm not I I'm not gonna go out of my way to watch any of these teams. Like <laughs> I'm sorry, man. No. I'll you? Give you, Do you Yeah, I'll give you one team. Okay. And you'll probably laugh. Huh. I'm gonna catch the Knicks. You know why? <laughs> Why? Because I somehow ended up with two Knicks on my fantasy team. Oh, RJ no. Barrett and Julius Randle. Ugh. Praying for empty stats. Yeah, I'm praying for double-doubles. That's all we can do. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Cog the ball, Randle. Do what you got to do. Get that double-double oh, every night. Those RJ Barrett. those RJ Barrett percentages are going to hurt you, man. I hope not. I hope I hope not. I hope those, one those field goals, man. You can go like five for eighteen every night. <laughs> yeah, RJ Barrett and Julius Randle should just pass the ball. Just play two man game, regardless of what the score is. And if the shot's there, take it. If it's not there, then just turn. Then just you know, pass it to somebody else to turn it over, like Eric Payton, Payton or um, Obi Tobin. Yeah. Well, best of luck, man. Right, let, let's get the let's get the second stringers boys back into the top three again, like we did last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, I think that's all we got. Sean, you got anything to, to close the podcast off? Oh man, I am stoked for that Lakers Clippers game tomorrow. That is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I have LeBron and Paul George on my fantasy team, so it's going to be a good start to the season. Oh, let's hope. <laughs> I always hate that because I have nobody tomorrow, but. You know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. We got the big the big bundle of games on Wednesday. And there it is, everybody. We have previewed the entire season, what normally wow. is four <laughs> weeks worth of previews for us. We did it all in one night. Uh, that was a lot, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, catch us week in and week out. We will be back to regular programming, regular scheduled uh, uh, podcast output. So thanks for tuning in. Yes, sir. Have a happy holidays, everyone. Let's watch some basketball. Yep.